This is Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks, where a spirit board conversation sparked our spiritual evolution. I'm Shale. And I'm Cheyenne. And each week, we explore a world where there is much more than meets the eye. So pour yourself a drink and join us as we cheers to a witch in good time. All right. Well, speaking of letting it flow, then, what are you drinking? I am drinking. Okay. So we're going to talk about Ireland today, which is very special, but it's also my time of the moon cycle. And so um, I've been having some like weird stuff going on there. So my beautiful beloved teacher is part of our apprenticeship. Um, (laughs) Excuse me. Every (laughs) month she would send us a blend to work with. And one of them is the uh, Sacred Center blend. And it's this really beautiful, nourishing blend of herbs that are all very good for feminine reproductive system or for people who have wombs. And so it's got this beautiful blend of red raspberry leaf, ladies mantle, which I can tell a story later on about ladies mantle. It means so much to me now. Rose, it smells delicious. Like it's got this beautiful blend of these like tart green herbs with this floral side of things. And it's just so yummy. What else is in here? Marshmallow leaf, red clover, mm, a little bit of hibiscus and a little bit of licorice root. And it's got this gorgeous red color. And normally like I would drink it as an overnight infusion but I'm just drinking it as a a regular tea today. And it just doesn't take very long at all for it to get this like rich, vibrant red color. So it just feels very like reminiscent of the time. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes, I love that. That sounds delicious. And I like that you have such a, it's just so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I, the, just the poetry of like connecting so deeply to what you're putting into your body too, I think Mm -hmm. is really beautiful. And so I like the, I like that our what are you drinking has turned into this. <laughs> I know we can never like simplify anything. It feels because we haven't had it like a margarita in forever, right? No, but to be fair, my marathon training is over, so we can start bringing back the margaritas once in a while. But I also am a working girl today, and so I'm not really allowed to drink on the job, unfortunately. This is very fair and probably a good thing. <laughs> So what are you drinking as I burn a little bit of mugwort here? Makes sense. Ooh. Set the vibe. Yeah. Um, what a vibe. The vibe. Are you coming for the ride? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I sent you an emo version of that on TikTok. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Literally, excellent. TikTok bringing back emo-ness is the greatest thing to ever happen to our millennialness, I feel like. so. Oh, yeah. My little 8th, ninth, 10th grade heart is just so happy. Yeah, Gen Z thinks TikTok's for them, but it is not. We have quickly taken over in the best way. Yes, agreed. <laughs> All right, but anyway, what are you drinking? <laughs> I'm drinking. I've been um, cleaning today. I finally, I've been talking about cleaning my closet for months, and I finally was motivated to do that today. I've done a thousand loads of laundry Um, So I've just kind of been in that like homey nesting, getting things ready for winter mode. So I have, because I'm also in the same mode. Like that's my plan for as soon as we're done recording today, I'm going to like deep clean the house. Hell yes. Um, Everyone, your permission slip today. (laughs) 
Get your life together. (laughs) All the things you've been procrastinating on, all the bullshit, like, just figure it out, okay? (laughs) Figure it out. Anyway, what are you drinking? (laughs) I am drinking a hot pressed cider. This is cider from my grandparents' trees that we pressed when I was in Montana last month. Um, And I put Trader Joe's has an autumn harvest tea that has like apple and cinnamon and nutmeg and all sorts of good yummy things in it. Um, So I put two of those tea bags in when I make it a simmer. And then I do two tablespoons of vanilla extract and then a sprig of rosemary. And I've been letting it simmer all morning. Um, And so my house just smells all autumny and delicious. I went ahead and just poured myself a cup of that. I love the idea of adding rosemary to that. Yeah, I add rosemary to everything. (laughs) Well, it is a very beautiful herb. By the way, we did an herb corner on rosemary. Check it out if you haven't already. We did an herb corner on rosemary. Rosemary is definitely one of the herbs I have a really solid relationship with as somebody who doesn't consider herself to be an herbalist or a plant witch. Mm -hmm. Um, That's definitely an ally that I turn to a lot. And I actually, I brought my rosemary from my patio garden in and it's by the door now. Well, it's by the same door, just on the opposite side of it. I love that. Tell me, tell um, me more about like your connection with it. I'm just curious. It's uh oh, it's. I mean, at its core, I just think rosemary smells amazing. That's a huge um, connection. <laughs> like so, um, and it definitely has you know practical magic ties because I can't have any sort of personality trait without having stolen it from popular culture. So. <laughs> I just like it because it, it, I keep it by my garden gate, technically, which is yeah. my side door to my patio. <laughs> also, just as like a quick aside here um, to get all woo and herbalisty on you. So yeah. I know a lot of the times we were like, we just kind of downplay the scent of herbs. Like you said, you're like, oh, well, I just I like the smell of it. But I'm actually in this other study. If, if folks are familiar with uh, Marisha Murnowska, she's amazing. She has this really great book called The Witch's Apothecary, and I'm studying with her right now, too. But one thing that she shared with us that I think is so beautiful is that when you, like, breathe in the scent of a plant, you're actually sharing breath with that plant. It's not so much of, like, this one-way relationship, but you are, like, breathing into each other's spirit. So next time you breathe in rosemary, you can think of it that way. I love that. I'm totally going to think of it that way. Yeah. Like adding extra intention to our everyday. Also, rosemary is really hard to kill. So that's, there is that. It's like the cactus of the herb world. Yeah. I'm like, that's definitely part of it. She's just always, she's my ride or die. You know, it's funny you say that because I don't think I've ever had rosemary that I haven't killed. (laughs) So funny. She just doesn't like to work with me, I guess. (laughs) Like I have lazier people. You can figure it out. Ooh, that was your, a really good one. Right? Your first shuffle back, family. I'm so glad to have you all here. Also, hi. Welcome to season three. Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting. Like, yes, this is episode one. I'm just jumping right back into the flow of it and being excited I know, to be like, here. We have a few housekeeping things we should probably do, but we're going <laughs> to start with our tarot pull. I'm going to do one more shuffle. <sighs> okay. Today, we are using our tattoo tarot. I've built a really strong relationship with this deck, and I feel like our listeners have as well. This is the deck that I've been reading for you all from when you leave us reviews or just send me really nice Instagram messages. I'm pretty easy to convince to pull cards for you. (laughs) So shoot your shot, baby. 
Also, if you want to send me nice Instagram messages, I'll send you to Cheyenne to pull a card. Because <laughs> I like nice Instagram messages, too. <laughs> I like nice things. Okay, so this is really interesting. I kind of had a feeling this would happen because I've been pulling this card very regularly. But we okay. have pulled today the magician. Oh, shut up. I've been thinking about this card a lot, too. Yeah, so the magician is a master of putting wheels into motion and making things happen for himself. Herself, excuse you. The magician is young, but she is in complete control of her life. Often, he is still experimenting with his powers. The magician is non-binary. It's fine. I'm going to change their pronouns throughout this entire reading. (laughs) Uh, But he is full of natural talent. The tools he needs are under his hand. He just needs to pick them up. The magician, the magician is fueled by his ability to make change, but he understands the importance of balance. An Ouroboros is shown emerging within the fire. What is an Ouroboros? Okay. I'm going to nerd out for a second because I'm super obsessed with the A Court of Thorns and Rose series. Please do. Um, just like every other Gen Am Z. Am I saying that right? I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, I'm not really, I guess there's not much more to say other than in one of the books, they talk a lot about an Ouroboros and it's like a mirror where when you look into it, it shows you like your worst fears. Mm, okay. Yeah, I can see how that's represented. This is a very artistic card. I'll have to post this one. Because um, it's a little more abstract in its design. But it's beautiful. Also, Crystal, if you're listening, it happens in book three. And I'm sorry if that was a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> um, so an Ouroboros is shown emerging within the fire. Lilies and foliage surround the magician's hand. The scarf on his thumb creates an infinite loop. The snake eats its own tail and the ribbon goes on forever. The magician creates nothing new. She changes that which already exists. She uses her tools and the cycles of creation and destruction to change the world. You have all the tools you need to make magic happen. The power to create your own destiny is yours and yours alone. I love that. That's such a nice... It's such good energy because it's really active. Yeah. Um, the magician like is putting wheels into motion. The magician isn't, we're no longer in the planning phase. We're, we're making shit happen. We're doing things for ourselves. We're advocating for ourselves on a more basic podcast level. We're starting a new season <laughs> and I was a new just season thinking of about growth that. and change is upon all of us. I think, um, especially as we go into these kind of hibernating winter months, this actually tends to be the time of year that I do more of my creation because I can be more introspective and crawl into my head and find that creative power when I'm not just go, go, going all summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's also a good invitation to just um, reflect inward a little bit and, and give ourselves that energy and that push and that fuel to, to really put our, our goals, whatever they may be, personal, professional, relational just on the front burner like we have perwitchin to do that right now yeah like a couple of thoughts to go along with that like first of all that is reflective of the energy of this time when you think of the wheel of the year right we we're coming into autumn which is when you look at nature the best example of this is of course with the plants where they are no longer putting external energy out into the world they're bringing that energy inward bringing into their root into their groundedness returning back to the earth and really putting that energy inside of themselves, which I think is why I'm similar to you, Cheyenne, where like at this time of the year, I feel so creative. I feel the power within 
and we don't have all those like external distractions, right? And so I think that's a really beautiful reflection of that. And, and thinking of the magician, there's somebody that pulls that energy from within themselves to create illusions, to create magic. They're not really dependent on anything external. And I think that's reflective of where we're at with our podcast too, because when we first started this, it was like a for fun. We want to just like explore this and, and meet people and network. And now we're like, this could really be something, you know, and we want to infuse more of that energy into the podcast itself versus those kind of like external factors. So I think this is a perfect card to start season three with. Absolutely. Agreed. And I just want to take a brief moment before we talk about what's going to happen. And then we dive into our gorgeous topic today and just express some gratitude for our listeners. Um, You've stayed engaged all summer, even when we haven't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I'm really grateful for that. And I appreciate it. Um, Every time you share or tag or, you know, like or review, it just it's really so validating. And I've been, you know, pulling cards for people this summer, kind of occasionally or as those have come in. And um, just as a reader, it's been so affirming to hear how the cards are showing up in your lives too, and how you're relating that to what's what's going on around you. So I just, I just want to thank everybody for their sincere engagement. um, Because it would have been really easy to brush this off. And you know, decide that we didn't have the time or the energy, but the, the magic and the beauty of this community is so ripe and so obvious to both of us that that was never going to be an option. So love you. Yeah, that was so sweet. And, and just to add to that too, like, I think Cheyenne and I have found ourselves through this too. We're like, we, I, I mean, I'll speak for myself. Like I've always felt a lot of imposter syndrome or I'm so drawn to the herbalist path, but feeling afraid to like take that next step and start working with people. And the beautiful encouragement that I've experienced as well through this and in, in honing my practices as well has been just incredible. And the way people get excited about herb corners and want to learn more and, and all of that, like you're just helping us like step into our, our own being because we're not experts here and we're humans just like you all. And that collective community feeling is, has been so special here. So. I also want to extend my gratitude and thanks. Y'all rock. Blessed be, babies. Um, Okay, so let's talk about season three. What can people expect from us? You can expect more of season three. (laughs) Um, So if 13 episodes wasn't quite enough to whet your whistle, season three is going to have 19 episodes, which sounds crazy now that I'm saying it out loud. That's so many episodes, but we should just make it an even 20. We could, we might as well throw a bonus (laughs) one in there. (laughs) I say that as if I would have any part in those extra episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can add another herb corner. Ooh, we very well could. Because um, that is a segment that is going to be coming back and with a vengeance. Mm -hmm. Excited to see herb corner grow, especially as Shale has deepened her herbal practice. And we're going to talk about that kind of extensively today when we talk about Ireland and homecoming and what that all, uh, what that all means in the real world. So yeah, I'm excited. You're going to have some familiar guests. We're going to dive a little bit deeper with some of our favorite experts uh, this season. So some familiar voices, a few new voices. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm just excited. I feel like that's kind of the theme of season three is 
that sense of homecoming, that sense of like exploring ourselves on a deeper level, who we are at our core. It's a very, it's a very root chakra <laughs> season, I feel like. Mm, agreed. I'm excited. I don't want to give away too much before we start, but just want y'all to know that we're stoked to be here with you. Yeah. And good things are coming and you'll have your familiar comforting favorites, but there's going to be some new stuff this season too. Because it's important to grow and change. Yeah. And some of those conversations might like step us outside of our comfort zone a little bit and really like start looking at things like the shadow that some of us may be a little nervous to explore, but we're doing it in this container of a community space where we can all support one each other, one another. And I think that's what's really beautiful about a platform like this is none of us have to do this alone. So mm. yes, agreed. Okay. Without further ado. In the spirit of homecoming in a new season, first episode, Shale had the lovely wonderful experience of finally being able to go on her honeymoon um, (laughs) to Ireland this summer and we have refrained from talking about it because we wanted to bring we felt like this was such potent magical loving energy um, everything that she learned and experienced and felt that we wanted to to give it to you unfiltered and raw so you can experience all of that good magic as well um so I'm going to be hearing the stories for the first time about Ireland which I'm super excited about um but let's just talk like kind of simply like what does homecoming mean to you what did that like what was just going you know like what were those expectations prior to getting there yeah so first of all I just have to say I think it's hilarious that we've been able to not hilarious amazing that we've been able to keep from talking about it this much (laughs) Because it's been two months. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I love this question. I think for me, the the homecoming aspect of it was answering a call that I felt in my bones for as long as I can remember. My family, like there's a couple of members of my family that are super into things like genealogy and understanding kind of where we came from and whatnot. But there wasn't a whole lot of knowledge there um, that at least I've had in, in my in my practice or in like my immediate family, like we've had kind of ideas of where we've come from, but never really knew for sure. But like Irish culture and um, wanting to visit there has like always been something that I've felt in my soul. Like I've always been kind of a traveler um, and really loved that, that lifestyle or to go and experience different cultures. But there was something about Ireland specifically that just drew me so much. Like I, have the most beautiful memories of being in Montana with my grandmother and we go to the folk festival and there's like different types of folk music from all over the world but I just went to every river dance stage or every like Irish folk music stage that I could and just completely bypassed all the jazz or the um, like Americana music or whatever else was there and just hit up every single Irish one that we could because I just love it so much and it's like music that like spoke to my soul And so, yeah, it's just always been a deep love of mine, but I never really knew that it was something that was actually in my bloodline. 
until, you know, like most people of European descent, we kind of have to do a DNA test to know where we come from because a lot of our ancestors came and assimilated here and we lost that. Um, and come to find out, like majority of my heritage is from Ireland and the UK, uh, which was very interesting to find out. So I guess long story short, that would that would be my homecoming is to to answer something that I feel like I knew within myself and to go and experience the land in the way my ancestors intended. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I'm curious if you did you choose Ireland specifically with this in mind or was that decision made prior to like even the DNA tests? Oh, you mean for like our honeymoon? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I actually think I have my husband to thank for that because he's known that I've always wanted to visit Ireland. And I've been to, I think, 20 different countries now. But for some reason, something always got in the way of wanting to go to Ireland. Like there was always something freak thing that would happen. Like um, pandemics are a great example of that. Or, um, you know, life events wouldn't line up enough for me to be able to go. And so I just had other opportunities to visit other countries along the way. Um, but that the Ireland was always there. It's always like the number one place I wanted to visit. It just didn't work out ever. Um, and this was actually our third time trying our honeymoon alone. And I guess most people would be like, well, maybe there's a reason you shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't visit there. But I feel like it was kind of like the universe being like, no, there has to be like, you have to be in the right time in your life, I think, to really appreciate it on the level that you should when you go sort of a thing. So I think it was just kind of waiting until I had taken a couple more steps in my life journey before we got there sort of a thing. Because I had wanted to visit for so long, that's a suggestion that my husband made when we were thinking about where we wanted to go on our honeymoon. And I warned him at the time, I was like, yes, it'll be a honeymoon, but it's also going to be a pilgrimage for me. So I hope you're okay with that. And thankfully he was. <laughs> yeah. So let's just dive in and talk about that then. What... Um what did that pilgrimage look like for you? What were things that, that were on your list? Anything that surprised you? Yeah. I think what's kind of fun is to think back on the steps that got to this point. So obviously there was always like the desire to go to Ireland. My favorite movie of all time was PS I love you. <laughs> so I, have, I know. <laughs> yes. So I have a very romanticized like teenage vision of Ireland at that point in time too. But also, um, I think like why I also think that the universe was kind of like, okay, let's take a few more steps here is I didn't discover herbalism and my love of plants uh, until much later in life. Like, yes, I, I experienced like a love of nature and working with nature through my dad when I was younger, but we never studied like plant medicine together, if that makes sense. It was more like yeah. to pick huckleberries or this plant can help if you have a broken arm out in the woods sort of a thing. Totally. So he initiated the love of it, but because you go through school and all of that, um, I didn't really get to dive into it till my adulthood. But anyway, when, when we came to Colorado and I just have to extend a, a, a moment of deep gratitude and appreciation here, but I met this beautiful teacher um, who I've mentioned several times on this podcast. I, I think people can realize by now that I am just so adoring of her. <laughs> I think she's just wonderful. But I met Tanya Reikley through the ritual craft community here in Colorado. Um, and the first course I took with her, she offers this beautiful um, Way of the Wild Witch class. Um, she does it as an immersion now, which I'm very excited because I'm going to do that with her this year. Yeah, it was just 
she she kind of opened my eyes to the the way I saw being a witch and because I coming from like a very religious background and stuff I always felt kind of guilt around like embodying that term but yeah. for her it was you know you're somebody who reconnects with the wild you reconnect to who you are before all of these like social constructs before things like patriarchy and capitalism and it's about connecting to your deepest ancestors, like the ones who lived in reciprocal relationship with the earth, like your indigenous ancestors. And not to confuse like indigenous with like first peoples of the Americas, um, but like little I indigenous, like all of our ancestors were indigenous at some point, if that makes sense. And so she really opened my eyes to that. And then of course, like was an herbalist. And I was like, oh, I think I, I, think I found my teacher. <laughs> As you all know, I've been in this apprenticeship for a lot, uh, about a year, but she's trained in um, the ancient Irish tradition. And Ireland has this amazing relationship with the land and with plants. And it's been passed down for so long. And it was actually really beautiful. Um, our, our apprenticeship ended. We had our graduation the day that I left. And literally, my teacher was able to say, like, I now pronounce you a community herbalist in the ways of Irish Irish tradition. And I stepped onto the plane to go to Ireland. And so for me, that was kind of that initiation of this pilgrimage. And I'm so thankful that I got to have this opportunity for this apprenticeship and really dive deep into my ancestry and to the, the plants that I would meet over there along the way before going on to this trip, because it made it so much more of a spiritual experience to really connect with something I've been walking a path of for so many years. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's gorgeous. I'm so glad you got that experience too, because how powerful to be mm-hmm. like, I am a badass motherfucking witch. And <laughs> yeah. Get on that plane and just go. Uh, it was, um, so, it was, it felt like a portal, right? Like, you hear this graduation, we get to like celebrate together with this amazing circle of women that I got to do this training with. And then to just step on the plane and literally go to this homeland that we've all been connecting to for the last year was, I don't know, I can't be great, grateful enough for an experience like that. Yeah. So, so what did that feel like on the other side of the plane? Like getting off, like what were your initial, like first reactions? Um, Like a kid at Disneyland. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think it it took a little while at first to be like, holy crap, we're actually here, you know? Yeah. Um, Especially because there was so many delays to be able to get there. I just kept feeling like at some point the rug was going to be pulled out under me again. I thought for sure we'd get to like customs over in Ireland and the officer there would be like oh nope you didn't fill out some paperwork correctly we got to send you back or (laughs) I mean the stack of paperwork I took with me to travel during COVID times is pretty unbelievable um and so I was just worried that something would happen but I (laughs) I had this little moment in the airport where they're like lining everybody up to go through customs and the agent there had an Irish accent and I was like oh my gosh his accent like we're here this is this is happening we're in (laughs) and my husband's just kind of laughing at me but I was definitely having like a celebrity moment almost of being like so excited to be in this space I love that that's so cute (laughs) and needless to say and that's the other thing and, and I keep telling people about it when I talk about this trip but it seemed like Literally, if anything could have get, gone right, it did. We had zero, I mean, travel, when you travel, you always have some sort of hang up, right? Yeah. 
something goes wrong at some point. That never happened a single time on this entire trip. That's amazing. I'm so glad you got that experience. Because again, that is such a rare travel experience. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. (laughs) To have things go swimmingly. Um, I totally understand that fear too. That's like when you drive by like a speed trap when you're not speeding right check your rear view mirror a thousand times too where you're like you're just I know you're gonna tell me that I did it wrong and I'm not allowed (laughs) it's gonna ruin everything because we can't have nice things well and I think that's the closest we got to something going wrong is you know having to learn how to drive on the opposite side of the road and I'm I'm a loud and proud feminist but I was like okay I can drive stick I don't drive it super well and it's significantly cheaper to get a manual vehicle when you're over there. And then, so I was just like, you know what? My husband can do that. I won't even put my name on the car. <laughs> do your Oops, I'm not allowed to drive. Yeah. And it's so funny because my husband, he's like a very defensive driver anyway. But over there, that first day we were sitting there like, oh man, did we make a huge mistake? <laughs> because he had like the knuckle, like white knuckle grip on the steering wheel. And it's like 10 and two, like he's in driving school. And he does not take his eyes off the road, but still ended up hitting a curb because your depth perception is completely off having the curb on the opposite side. (laughs) So yeah, he was like hitting curbs and I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going to run into a stone wall and it's not going to be good. But he ended up picking it up pretty quickly, surprisingly. That's awesome. He did, however, on the way, when we got home, we were home for about a week. Um, He actually drove into a roundabout the wrong way, just muscle memory after having driven on that side of the road and I was like Funny. good thing nobody was coming because that would have been really bad <laughs> that would have been scary oh funny yeah that would be the hardest part for me is the muscle memory of being on the right side like the steering right. wheel changing probably wouldn't be too awful but physically being in a different lane would be really confusing it, you wouldn't think it would have such an impact but it really does it, it throws off everything That's so funny why do we do everything dumb here? I don't know. <laughs> That's a podcast for a different day. Um, <laughs> Why do we have the imperial system? Like right? trying to figure oh. out things in kilometers over there was such a pain. And I'm like, we could have been eased of so much pain if the U.S. would just get on board with the rest of the world, you know? Right. I know. Anytime Rowan tells me what temperature it is in Celsius when we're <laughs> right. voice chatting, I'm like, I don't fucking know what temperature that is. Don't make me do math. <laughs> Um, let's, okay, let's dive into the juicy bits that I know are what we all want to talk about. Let's talk about those plant allies and those magical moments. What are a few like stories that you are comfortable and willing to share of that like sacred magical space? Yeah. Um, I think that was what was so beautiful and probably my favorite part of all of this was seeing just how wild the plants are over there. Like there's, there, it felt like there was so much less, I guess, like cultivation and you, I mean, they have lawns and stuff like that, just like anywhere else, but to be out in the countryside and see these plants in their most like raw, authentic form. And I kept telling my husband, anytime we would run into a plant ally that I'd studied with, it felt like meeting a great grandparent instead of, um, like an extended, I don't know how to explain it super well, but instead of meeting like an extended family member, like you do here, most of the plants, especially ones like dandelion um, that aren't native to the land here in the U S it doesn't feel as 
ancient, I guess, when you meet them. Um, whereas meeting them over there in their homeland where they come from was such a unique experience to be like, wow, you really are from here in the land. You are connected in that way. And it felt like meeting the deepest ancestors via plant form. And the time of year that we were there, um, so much was still in bloom, like back in Colorado, a lot of plants are starting to kind of die away. It's starting to get really hot and dry. But over there, it was September and things still felt like spring, like St. John's wort is in full bloom or the heather was in full bloom um, and everything's just so freaking green. <laughs> like, I know that's like so stereotypical, but it's just unbelievable. The vibrant emerald green of the land over there um, and seeing so much vitality and life flowing through the land. It was just incredible. Mm. Is there a particular plant who showed up to you in a way you weren't expecting? Oh, that's a great question. Or like just a, a story, one that you had like a really visceral reaction to? Yeah, I think I think the one that I felt the most connected to over there was nettle because of the way that they just, it just grew so abundantly and so wildly. Um, like here in Colorado, we definitely have nettle, but it's a little bit harder to find because we have so much um, dryness here, right? Like nettle is a plant that really likes a lot of water, likes to be around wet areas. Um, so you kind of have to find it by a stream or a creek or something and, and kind of stumble upon it usually. But man, over there, it grew like a weed, like for lack of better terms, it grew <laughs> through sidewalks and just showed up on like walls everywhere and just was in these thick bushes of it. And it was so tall. Like I haven't seen nettle that literally was taller than I am. And it was just really cool to really connect with that plant spirit. That is like when I've, when I've meditated with nettle, I just see her as this like wild, feral, spiritual being. That's just so protective of the land and um, she has crazy hair and just is fully almost animalistic, but in a really spiritual way, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that was what was really cool. And also, um, because there's so much magic in the ancient history, like us here in the US, we just have no concept of ancientness. Our country was colonized here 200 years, 200, 300 years ago. You know, it's, it's a baby in the time of space and time you know <laughs> on the spectrum yeah. um where over there things are thousands and thousands and thousands of years old so if you come upon an ancient site it was really cool because it almost always was surrounded by nettle and nettle is just this very protective energy and it just felt like a plant that was there to be guardians of the spirits of the place yeah that was really I, and i just want to interject and and make a quick note that obviously we're talking about that in the context of both of us being descendants of colonizers. Right. Um, because obviously there are thousands of year old ancient sites that have been or pummeled and destroyed and yes, you yes. know, vandalized here in the sense that that culture is um, is not as as visually apparent as when you go somewhere that has a really ancient kind of civilization of I don't know. Right. You know and, and the preservation <laughs> of that, I think, where Yeah, yeah, the where, preservation of it. Is, there wasn't uh, so much erasure of of like ancient peoples there as there has been in the US where yeah. people just acted like they didn't exist before white colonizers showed up. Totally. 
what a unique experience though Mm -hmm. to go with all of those other things in your head too and just to feel just to feel that energy and how far back it goes must have been incredible yeah and and you know like there's a few plants that I'm able to work with like the the living plant itself here in Colorado that I've connected with but for a lot of the plants um because of the seasons and whatnot being a little bit different here than they are over there or like growing conditions or whatnot a lot of the plants I don't get to work with from that living being I guess um and I worked with them a lot in their dried form and via teas and tinctures and stuff like that so it was just very beautiful to be able to connect with the living plant itself um so I'm thinking of things like hawthorn or the St. John's wort and something that was really beautiful too was I feel like I heard the voices of plants so much more deeply um and vibrantly over there and uh that's kind of how I first met Lady's Mantle over there which I've never met in person Um, before this or actually through this apprenticeship was one of the first times I actually worked with that plant and it was one of my allies for one of the months that we worked with but what's really special about ladies mantle is if if people are familiar with it 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 almost looks like a little bit of a clover if you just like made it a lot bigger (laughs) and it has kind of like a cup formation and in the middle of it um, it always collects the dew from that morning and it'll always have this beautiful like crystal diamond droplet of water right in the middle of it and that dew itself is actually very medicinal if you if you drink directly from the plant it's like the most uh potent form of like a flower essence almost Mm. um but it was funny because i i had to do my marathon training while i was over there and so there was a couple times where i'd just be out going for runs in the morning before we'd start our day and i was running around this little cul-de-sac and just felt like I needed to look over. There was no rhyme or reason for it. But I looked over and just in this random patch of grass, like right off the side of this pretty busy street, like it was like one of those kind of areas outside of the the town limits where like a highway is starting to come into city limits. You know what I mean? So it's like a very busy area. But there's this little patch of grass and there was this big old thicket of ladies mantle. And I just had this moment of, oh my gosh, I finally get to meet you, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm getting like a little like choked up about it. (laughs) That's so cute though. Oh, I love that you had this experience. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what makes it feel special is it felt like she called to me to say, Hey, I'm here. I'm excited to meet you too, you know, and, and made her presence known to me. Yeah. I'm curious. What did you do when you were there? Like, were you able to do any sort of of actual workings with the plants? Did you sit and meditate at any point with some of them? Like, were you, were you able, I know you're like traveling and on a honeymoon and obviously like doing touristy things and visiting all the things too. Um, But were you able to take moments like that and like do any sort of herbalism for lack of a better word? Yeah. You know, I reflect on that a lot too, because usually like I like to go foraging and then I like to bring plant material back with me and, and do something with it. But I felt very called on this trip to never like pick the plants or to like do anything with them other than just to experience them and experience their spirit and their energy. Um, And yeah, I I think that was what was really special about it is to have that opportunity to just be deeper connected energetically with them and to just see them in their in their natural environment and just to appreciate it for what it is. Um, and so, yeah, like anytime I would, I would 
run into a plant, I often would take pictures with it or just sit with it for a moment, listen to what it had to say and, and just be in breath with it, I guess. Um, but no, I never, I never ended up actually doing anything like any formulating or anything like that. It was just more energetic and just appreciating their being for who they are. That feels like such a beautiful culmination of your studies too, though, like such a divine initiation Mm -hmm. (laughs) of just like friendship and camaraderie and comfortability together. Right. It almost felt, I don't know, I guess the best way to explain it is if you enter a temple and there's like an idol there that you just sit in the energy of that, that idol or or sit there in meditation and just enjoy the the spiritual divine energy of something on that level is what it kind of felt like I was in a temple um and just enjoying the spirits for who they are that's beautiful yeah I love that so much (laughs) um is there anything else that you feel particularly called to share about your trip Um, I think what really stuck out to me too, in addition to meeting the plants and walking upon the earth is the sense of community there is, is really hard to describe. Um, and it it was very touching in the U S we, we just tend to have this culture of individualism and kind of folks kind of look out for themselves and, and that's definitely changing of course, but it is very foundational here. Um, and even, even in small communities to a certain extent, like there's a a much stronger sense of community, but there is still a little bit of that. Everyone kind of keeps to themselves or, you know, we come together when it's needed sort of a thing, but not just kind of organically or naturally, if that makes sense. Yeah. Where over there, community is just the way things are. And we actually had this very beautiful experience and, and storytelling was another thing, just everybody wants to tell a story. And I, I just love that. Um, but we met this, this couple in Galway that has so deeply touched my heart, but we, we were getting there just as a lot of the COVID restrictions were starting to lift. And that was even in of itself, something that was very interesting was, you know, the vaccination rates and, um, the way lockdowns happen and stuff like that was vastly different over there than it was here. And it was more of this mentality of we just kind of got to get through this together and then we can come back to normal. There wasn't like the the kind of more negative side of things. Like, I don't want to say people should or shouldn't get the vaccine or, or whatever. Like, you make your choice. But it was the whole like we we're in this together. We have to just like work together to make this a better situation sort of a thing, if that makes yeah. sense at all. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, when we were in Galway, because of the, the COVID restrictions, you know, we could only go down to have breakfast at our uh, B&B at slotted time so that they could have the social distancing. Mm. And so usually when we went to breakfast, it was just my husband and I. But this particular morning, we just happened to have a couple. Their names were Brian and Dan, <laughs> who got to have breakfast at the same time as us. And my husband and I, are plant-based. And so, uh, when the, um, B and B owner came out, she just asked like what kind of breakfast we wanted. We said, you know, we'll take the vegetarian option. And that got, um, Brian and Dan kind of talking. And that was just so common over there for you to just be sitting anywhere and people will just strike up a conversation with you. It's completely normal. 
And I really appreciate that, especially after this year of complete isolation that we all felt. It was nice to just have a stranger be like, so tell me about you and tell me about your story, you know? Yeah. Um, but this couple, they were they were in their 80s, um, completely vibrantly healthy, and they were on a get a getaway like they do that every year. They go to Galway. Um, but they were like, oh, so you guys are, are vegetarian and I, you guys have kind of an accent. So are you on holiday? <laughs> and we're like, yeah, we're here from the U.S., you know. They were talking a lot about um, what community means. And, and Brian in particular had grown up very rurally. And he's like, you know, when when the harvest time would come, it wasn't a matter of rounding up your neighbors and saying, hey, can you all help us get through this harvest? And, and the, back then, even just, you know, 40, 50 years ago, they still use mostly hand tools to do their harvesting of their fields. So like a sigh, they didn't have like combines and tractors and stuff like that, that we do. Um, so it was very intense labor that they went through. But he said, you know, it was just common that everybody would show up and they would take care of each other's harvest and the labor wouldn't stop until the job was done. And that was just the way things were. You didn't have to call your neighbor and say, Hey, can you come help me finish this work? It, it just was expected. Hmm. Um, and I think that's really beautiful. And he especially talks about, you know, during times of oppression and stuff like that, that that was the way that the community really had that support system in place was just that sense of, we have to get through this together sort of a thing. Um, but the reason I bring up the, the vegetarian piece uh, is because he shared a little bit of wisdom with us that I think a lot of folks on this podcast, I think will really take with them. And it, it ties back into the magician card a little bit. Ooh, I love um, throwback. Yeah. And talking about kind of that inward, inward knowing, but he said, yeah, you know, I used to be vegetarian, um, for like 20, 30 years. And my husband are like, oh, wow. You know, that, that's a really long time. And um, we kind of joked with him. We're like, oh, so so are you not vegetarian? He had at this time like a massive ham steak in front of him and eggs and all this other stuff. So he clearly wasn't. <laughs> he goes, nope, I'm not anymore. And we're like, oh, okay, well, what happened? And he goes, well, one day, you know, I just walked into a buffet and I just decided I'm not vegetarian anymore. And uh, I'm going to get like emotional. I can't tell this story. Without <laughs> Um, but he said, you know, that's, that's the wisdom that I would like to share with you is at any given point, we're in a certain chapter of our lives. And he goes, you know, I'm closer to the end of my book than you all are. I mean, he was 80. <laughs> so I feel like I have the authority to be able to speak on this, but he goes at any given point, you're in a chapter in your life. And that chapter always comes to an end. And the thing is, is you have to have the wisdom and that is where wisdom shows up is knowing where you're at in a chapter. Mm. And he's like, so, you know, my vegetarian chapter, it came to an end that day. And he's like, maybe at that point in time, I didn't know that that was going to be the end of that chapter when I woke up that morning, but it was. And he goes, and, you know, maybe that 20 year previous person that I was probably would have been really angry with that person that was presently making that choice and ending that chapter. But that present person also said, you know what, this chapter has come to an end and it's okay to let it go. And that 20 year old version of me needs to get over it. <laughs> and he goes, so it's okay to know where you're at in that chapter and to be able to let things go and to recognize where you're at and when things are ready for a new beginning and to be okay with how things move. 
And it just so deeply resonated with me, I think, because of the fact that I want to embark on a new chapter or I want to pursue new things, but always feeling like it's hard to let go of the way things have been up until this point, right? Yeah. Always the scariest part of a new leap is letting go of what that chapter was before and everything that you knew to pursue something that is different. But yeah, he just, he very much deeply touched my soul talking about community and and sharing his wisdom with us. I think that's such a beautiful perwitchin slip for our listeners today too, of just mm-hmm. know where you're at in your chapter. And I think it's so easy in our brains to like convince ourselves that, oh, I've done this so long for so many years, I can't possibly change the way I'm doing this. Or I've this has been such a huge part of my identity. I know a lot of people, especially in the witchcraft community, feel this with specific deities that they work with often. Right. Um, where like maybe somebody who called to you really early on in your practice, um, when you were first starting, you had a really, you know, strong emotive relationship with that. But as your practice deepens, as you move on, you you may not need that specific guidance anymore. Mm-hmm. Um or you may have learned those lessons, right? It's the same with relationships. Like some relationships aren't meant to last forever. You, you know, you learn your lessons and you, you trade your wisdom and you go your separate ways. And so I just would like to give us all perwitchin today to just accept that, that graceful wisdom and to not uh, judge ourselves so harshly on, on decisions that maybe aren't working for us anymore, even if they used to. And to be able to have a sense of humor about it. You know, like the entire time he told this story, he had the most beautiful smile on his face and to just be able to let go of these like chains that hold us sometimes or these these thoughts or belief systems that are are in place that don't necessarily have to be there. We have the choice to to make that choice. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I think trusting yourself is is that per which and slip boiled down very simply. Mm hmm. But that's so hard to do sometimes. It is. <laughs> but you know, your knowing is all, it's there. It's within you. If you sit with it, your guides, your ancestors, yourself, you're going to, you're going to find the right conclusions. So mm-hmm. I think that's gorgeous. Thank you so much for sharing yeah. that story and the other stories. I think it's so much of what we experience when we travel is like really, truly sacred. <laughs> Right. Um, and so hard to explain, you know, when you when you get home from somewhere, um, it's it, it really a lot of times is like a you had to be there kind of scenario. But but yeah, I feel such a such joy knowing that you had all of these connections and got to experience all of these things, especially after the last few years we've all had. Um, and I'm grateful that you talked about it with us today. Yeah, thank you. And And I think that's like a a really valuable lesson to take forward too, is I think when we travel, we often want to have this like checklist. These are all the things that I must see. These are all the things that I must do. But I think what was really beautiful about this trip is, is yes, there was like those things that you had to see. Like, of course, we wanted to go see like the Cliffs of Moher or the other like places in Ireland that people go to see. Um, But we also most days didn't have a to-do list and we just kind of let it flow. And I really appreciated that because it gave us so much more flexibility to connect truly with with the land in the way that we wanted to and to just be able to slow the F down a little bit and just be so much more present. And I, I also think that's probably why 
I'm experiencing a lot of grief coming home. Um, you know, I, I, as the wheels left the ground in Dublin to bring us home, I just started shedding tears and I've never done that. Um, never done that after visiting an, another country. And I, of course it's because there was such a deeper tie on this trip. It was so much more than just travel or just so much more than just like our honeymoon or vacation. Right. It was, it was a much deeper experience than that. Yeah. But also I think because of the fact that it was such a profound experience, it's hard to just like jump back into the day to day and just pretend like none of that really happened. And that we did have this very incredible eye-opening spiritual experience. Um, and so to, to just remind ourselves to take things like that with grace and to be okay with moving more slowly when we need to, and to take that time to, to grieve and, and be grateful for the experience that we had and be so thankful that we got to do that. But I'm not going to lie. Every time I hear Raglan road, (laughs) come on my playlist or something, I just start sobbing all over again because I feel that, that visceral emotional tie that is never going to be severed again, you know? Yeah. And what a bittersweet way to experience that grief too. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that we have this podcast episode now where you you yourself can come and remind yourself of those stories too when you're feeling disconnected. And I think it'll encourage everyone to start start dreaming about where they want to go next or exploring the land of their ancestors. And I just think um, there's a lot of wisdom in revisiting these memories too. So I hope this can be a, I hope this can be a part of your healing as well. (laughs) Yeah. And if if there's anything that I can encourage people to do it, especially people of European descent, where there is for, for most of us, I, I guess I can't speak for everybody, but for most of us, there is a lot of generational trauma involved in our ancestors coming to places like the United States And a lot of them came with a dream, of course, and I don't want to like downplay that um, or came for opportunity, but also on the dark side of things, people came because um, and and, and became, came and had to like assimilate, right? Yeah. Or had to let go of that culture that they were before or their identity of who they were before. And there's a lot of trauma associated with that. And to be able to firstly understand where your bloodline comes from, I think is powerful medicine, but then to go and walk upon the earth in the places that your ancestors did, that's what they want us to do. They want us to connect with them in that way. And to answer that call is the most beautiful, profound experience that I can ever imagine for anybody. And it was for me. And um, if I, if there's anything that you all take away from this podcast episode today is to to try to do something like that um, because it, it is deep healing. Well, damn. <laughs> I think um, that's a beautiful way to wrap up this conversation and to kick off season one or season one. I should have put coffee in my cider. <laughs> uh, kick off season three. Um, and I'm so excited to to see how this experience kind of deepens your own herbalism practice as you continue down this plant path, too. Um, so I just, yeah, it's going to be so, this is going to be a really fun season. I'm excited for all of the things we're going to learn and teach and share with each other. 
but I think this was this was the only way this could have started is this, <laughs> this truly sacred homecoming because I think uh, this podcast space is a homecoming for us as well. So uh, thank you all for being here. Thank you for your patience. I know we made you wait a little bit longer for this one, but it's going to be so worth it. I promise. Yeah. And, and thank you, Cheyenne. Thank you for offering the space to be able to do this on the podcast and to be able to have this very cathartic experience. And thank you all for listening to my story. Like, I can't thank you enough for that. So, well, cheers, witches. Let's do this. Hey, lovely listeners. Are you as obsessed with my co-host as I am? Who am I getting? Of course you are. So for even more herbal goodness, make sure you're following thinningoftheveil.apothecary on Instagram and check out Shale's website at thinningoftheveilapothecary.com. Here you'll find her gorgeous blog, herbal offerings, consultation information, and a beautiful community that grows bigger every day. You don't want to miss this journey. And thank you so much for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. See you online. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks. If you're having a witching good time, we hope you'll help us to grow this little coven. You all know it's us against AI in this algorithm eat algorithm world, so please help us out. Please like, rate, and subscribe anywhere you're listening to us. Also, we want to connect with our spooky, Marg-loving friends out there, so please like and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Links for those profiles will be in the show notes. And hey, be sure to tell us what you're drinking tonight. We love you all so much, witches. Cheers. Cheers.